Welcome to another episode of the How to Save the World podcast, where we take a deep dive into the academic research and behavioural science of what really gets people to take pro-environmental action and behaviour. I'm your host, Katie Patrick. I'm an environmental engineer and a designer based in Silicon Valley, California, and I'm the author of the book, How to Save the World. Hey everyone, thank you for taking the time to tune back into the How to Save the World podcast where we learn all about the behavioral science and environmental psychology and action design and gamification of how to actually get people to do the environmentally friendly stuff that we need them to do. Right from the small individual actions like getting people to compost more right up to the higher order systems level change. And if you haven't listened yet to my series on individual action versus systems level change, please listen to that because our approach of looking at human psychology is completely through the lens of how to change the system. The approach I teach is a systems theory based design methodology that is based on the fundamental thing that governs all behavior of all systems and the individuals within that system is the feedback loop, meaning that we get a signal from the system that we're trying to change. This is fundamental to systems theory is the feedback loop. We then engage with that feedback loop. We make some change and that change goes back into the feedback loop and then signals to us whether to do more of it or do less of it. That is everything that I teach. And the thing is that in order to change systems, there's a lot of human behavior and human psychology that goes into it. They are very much entirely the one thing, not one thing versus another. Just wanted to clear that up at the beginning of the podcast because I get asked about it all the time. And I just want to know that we are completely in a systems change, systems theory mindset here. But you can't change the system without looking at the behavior of the individual. And the topic of today's podcast, I thought it might be worth taking a bit of a dive into the definition of what is gamification. People like the word gamification. I use it because it's kind of like a fun, popular word that people kind of resonate with. And the idea of making saving the earth as fun as a game is, well, well, it's fun, right? But after many years of designing and consulting and studying gamification, I've come to a pretty narrow and clear and precise definition as to what gamification exactly is. I think it can get confused a lot. People just think about games as a whole and also game theory, something completely different. And they look at games as a whole and they think anything that is sort of game-like is gamification. And gamification also actually has a bit of a like a bad rap, like people who are like legit game designers don't like the phrase gamification because I think they think it's like a very watered down kind of tizzy version of what they do that is like a more serious art form. But personally, I really like the word gamification because of my specific definition of what it is. And this is what it is. Let me just jump into it. It is basically tracking progress towards a goal and rewarding that progress of that path as you go. So this is how I see what gamification is. You have a very specific start for your audience. So imagine I've got a person here and the person is going to have a very clearly defined beginning. So this, for example, could be something as simple as a 21-day challenge, like 21 days to eat more plant-based or go plastic-free or whatever. And then we decide on what the end is. And when we know that we're doing a 21 
day challenge, for example, we know what the end is. The end is 21 days. So this particular challenge is time-based rather than anything else-based. So we've got our beginning and we've got our end. And then we know exactly the person is going to commit. They're going to make a commitment to go on this journey with the aspiration of actually making it to the end of the challenge. So it's kind of defined by the time in this box. And then we're going to divide it up into chunks or into levels or kind of stepping stones in the progress bar of the person jumping from step to step to step. And then as we progress, we're going to reward them in some type of way of making progress along this type of journey or this progress bar. So you could think of it no matter what it is, whether it's waste or energy or trees or water, you can come up with a starting point, come up with an ending point. There's going to be an action that that person has to do to get them through like along that. And then basically you've got a progress bar. Now, the cool thing about progress bars or the tracking of progress is that it can be done in infinitely creative ways. Let's start with the most basic boring version. You know, when you're downloading something and there's just like a straight progress bar that says, you know, you're 99% downloaded, 80%, 70%, etc. And the, the progress bar is very simple. It's just color, one color moving across to the end and then you're done. But we can get really creative and fun with this. You could have, for example, levels. So they're moving almost like up a staircase of levels. You can have something called eat the dots where the progress bar is actually all sorts of like different dots and they can have animations and they can have creatures. You can have a creature that jumps from dot to dot to dot to dot ultimately until the end. You can have rewards as people make it through these various levels. You know, it could be one, two, level one, two, three, three, four, five, however many levels you want moving through like karate belts through to the end, you can apply color. So as they move, they're getting a kind of a reward mechanism that they go, bingo, you're up to orange level, mm, you're up to blue level, and then moving through that. And then what you can apply also to this progress is comparing people if you have multiple different players. You can compare people just to their own history, or you can have several players, and then you can be showing how they compare to each other in some sort of leaderboard or rank and then how much progress they're making. So you could be here, they could be there, they could be there, or we're doing it as a team, we're doing it all together. But ultimately, you've just got this one really simple process of where are we starting, where do we want to go, how are we going to track progress, and how are we going to continually reward our players each time they make progress to a defined end. And you can graphically, visually make that any way you want. You can have a forest landscape with little gifts that need to be opened up every time they get from here to there. You can have it in a very like pared down sort of corporate way where you have basically a progress bar and then they get a check mark. I did one like this for a corporate client and I put smiley faces and frowny faces on it and they said, oh no, we're a, we're a serious software company. We can't have frowny faces or smiley faces. So I just put navy blue check marks on it. You can use it's the same fundamental structure that you can apply to very corporate, simple levels of progress, like a financial report, going all the way out into something super fun, super creative with characters and colors and animations and sounds in a really game-like play using a really cool sort of story architecture. But the gamification of environmental action is basically just figuring out what you want to measure, the real environmental metric that you want to measure, the start, the end, and the wrapping it up in that 
kind of box of what that process is and then tracking that progress towards the end. That is how I personally define gamification. Other people might do it differently, but I'm specifically focused on action design, on actually getting people to create action in the real world. If there was a game that was perhaps just environmentally themed, but it wasn't based on creating action in the real world, that wouldn't really be in my definition of what gamification is. I want to know if you want to compost every day for 10 days, that we're tracking the progress, we're giving you a sticker, we've got a sticker chart, you get a sticker every time you compost for all of those 10 days. You can also see everybody else's uh, progress charts and see how they're going. There's a big reward at the end and it's all hooked into a real world action. And that's what's really cool about this type of this lens of seeing gamification this way is that you can use anything from low tech to high tech. Like you can just use like stickers. You can draw your own smiley face on a post-it note and stick it on the wall. Like you can be so technically simple just using paper and pen and stickers and color to gamify that progress tracking. Or you can go all out and use you know software like Unity and professional game designers and come up with something that's really fun and really interactive or anything in between. But that basic process that reflects our dopamine system, our dopamine system focuses on a goal. We decide, we commit mentally that we want to go through that goal. And then our dopamine system actually has its own way of tracking our progress towards a goal, whether we're doing it through a game or not. The game reflects our natural dopamine reward goal tracking system and then motivates us. We're kind of augmenting, we're building upon the brain's natural pre-existing dopamine goal-seeking system. And then we're tracking our progress, having fun with it, rewarding ourselves for making progress until we reach the end. If you want to learn more about gamification design, I have several gamification-themed courses on my new website, ecopiastore.com, that you can purchase online. They're all really affordable, under $100, some even starting at $25. I'd highly recommend that you do my Behavior Mapping Masterclass. It takes three hours to do. You can go through the entire process from beginning to end of all of the behavioral science and gamification features and UI, UX, and social marketing techniques to really come up with a concept that's really, really going to work. That is my most advanced A-class level system that I would use when I'm trying to design something like the very best quality that I can do. There's a lot there and it's quite complicated, even though it's only two hours of videos and maybe three hours of work for you to get to. It's, It's intellectually pretty massive. If you wanted to learn gamification design in a little bit more of an easier way, I've got another one called Save the World with Gamification and Dataviz. And that just hits up all of the main 15 core gamification techniques in an easy to use example. There's videos, there's a slideshow, there's homework to download. And there's other courses there on how to tell your story, which the story can be what brings people into the game and also on UI UX systems for action design and one for gamifying local neighborhoods. You won't regret studying this stuff. It's been some of the most interesting stuff I've learned in my journey, my 20 years of doing environmental change work. I've taught this stuff to major organizations around the world, including the United Nations, Harvard University, Stanford University, U.S. Department of State, big building management software systems, little startups doing climate change, individual creative people, all sorts of people. It's hugely rewarding to learn. So I've made all of that available all totally affordable at my new Positive Eco Futures art store at Ecopia Store. 
www.ecofuturesart.com. There's also T-shirts, beautiful positive eco-futures art prints, hoodies. What else is there? The calendar. Oh, the 2024 positive eco-futures calendar, if you don't already have one yet. And all my course downloads there as well. Honestly, studying measurement-driven behavior design, the type of design I teach, it all comes down to the feedback loop. We're not just looking at individual sort of cutesy little green behaviors. This all stems from this systems thinking type of model where we're looking at the master feedback loop of what we want to change, then looking at sections of it and then seeing how do we actually track the progress towards the goal. It all feeds back into the master feedback loop. That's why I started talking about the systems change type of theory. And then we segment it off into the individual parts of that we want to change. And some of this will fall directly into engaging individual people in their individual actions. And this process, this basic gamification sort of template that I've fleshed out in this video, it can work for anything. If you're trying to get CEOs to sign up to something, governments to, to move towards something, individual local councils, like whether you're talking about an individual person or an organization or a major system, the basic system of tracking progress towards the goal, rewarding progress, making it sort of fun and engaging, reflects the dopamine-driven reward system in our brains, and it works. It works every time. It's the fundamental skeleton of how to design for gamification. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest in behavioral science, environmental psychology, and gamifying saving the world. And I'll see you next week for the next episode. Bye.